Hey everybody, welcome to Weekend Kickoff. It's brought to you by Letterman Rowe and Bryant's Heating and Cooling Systems. We are at Urban Meyer's Pint House. Uh, still a couple weeks away from football, guys, but it's starting to feel real. We're in October, pads are on, training camp's going. Zach Warren, Anthony Schlegel, Cardale Jones. Guys, we're getting there. It's almost football time. It it's, is. It's it, close, man. Yeah, it's getting there, but what about this weather in October in Ohio? Well, I get to keep the shorts on, so I'm fine. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. It's, it's football time, but it really it's not football weather yet. But, you know, like you used to have it in October, it get a little chilly, but I'm in shorts and a short sleeve shirt here right yeah, now. Feels well, I know that these yeah. linebackers want it cold, and then they can keep the short sleeves on and show how tough they are. Hey, not anymore. I want this weather so I can drink like 30 Coors Lights tailgate, <laughs> you know? <laughs> 12, did you why, are, why are you wearing a long sleeve shirt tonight? I always wear long sleeves. You know that. <laughs> okay. I didn't know that. All always. right. You normally, this guy takes more vacations than anybody I've ever met in my entire life. <laughs> 12, did you want it as a quarterback? Did you, you wanted perfect conditions, right? And you spent some time out. California, you wanted it nice and warm, and Man, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. I didn't care. It always played to my advantage. Being a bigger guy, stronger guy, can kind of let the ball cut through the wind. So I, I didn't care about conditions, man. As long as it wasn't too wet and the ball wasn't too slick, let's play. Guys from Cleveland, Ohio, like, what are you yeah, talking about? Right, right off the nice lake. Weather, like, I didn't, I didn't, <laughs> he's a grown dude right here. I didn't think it was going to phase him. I'm just, yeah. I'm just asking. Are you what excited about, about football, Austin? I mean, because we actually, like, why do, why do you think that we actually have football now? Like, it's getting close. Like, what? Well, What's got you juiced about it? Well, Saturday morning, the media finally got to see some football. So, Well, you saw them stretch, or what would you do? Well, yeah, a little flex <laughs> period, you know, the one, it's where stuff is really happening. We didn't get to see the scrimmage, but actually seeing the Buckeyes in pad schlags was a welcome relief after all this oh. that we've gone through since March. So we went, like, I saw the first practice of spring, and then by the end of the week, they were done. And then it, it had stuff in August. It was shut down. I, you know how excited I was for it, because I asked you guys, well, are you excited about practice like spring ball don't you love it and I was like I'm, I'm ready to cover it and you're like no no I don't <laughs> care about spring ball take me to August no. and then take me to September or put some pads on in October but for me like I want to be able to talk about the Buckeyes uh it it keeps food on the table it keeps me in Urban Meyer's Pint House you so want to break down games that's I, what you want. I do want to break down games. you want to celebrate victories from the week before and break down the big game the next weekend victory meal yeah yeah of course cool. and okay. okay and you know and tonight we're going to talk about the rivalry in that last game Do it. before we get to it. Uh, and that game is going to be cold, by the way, in December, uh, the rivalry. So for all coach, college football fans that are getting ready to that in the winter and fall, uh, we know that cold weather is coming around the corner. Is your furnace ready? Whether it's a quick fix or you need a whole new system, your Central Ohio Bryant Heating and Cooling dealers will do whatever it takes to make sure your system is up to the task. You can rely on them to provide exceptional service and make sure you and your family stay comfortable all winter long, especially if you're inside watching the game in December. Uh, be sure to schedule your fall tune-up right now. Find your local Bryant professional at bryant.com. Bryant is doing whatever it takes. So the Buckeyes, when they're going to do whatever it takes to win another pair of gold pants. This is the least part, my least favorite part of the offseason is when the hype starts going uh, for that team up north and the rivalry. Suddenly their, their quarterback is the next coming of Cam Newton. Uh, Aiden <laughs> Hutchinson is apparently a Bosa brother. Yes. Uh, I, I don't know. I guess Jim Harbaugh is probably about to be Vince Lombardi again. I don't I think that they've lost every single game that I've covered. So I, until I see it, I'm not ever going to believe any of this hype. I'll say this, and a lot of people in Columbus, Ohio, will probably disagree with me, and I think you will too. They need the hype, right? I, I welcome the hype because it's good for the Big Ten, right? What do we see in the SEC every single year? You see teams like Tennessee getting hyped up. You see teams where, you know, we talked about it last week, LSU constantly gets hyped up. Yes, they won a national championship last year, right? But they haven't been on a great run. Florida gets hyped up every year, right? The Big Ten needs Michigan to get hyped up. Ohio State is already there. They need Penn State, Wisconsin, Michigan, Michigan State, Iowa, Nebraska. You're right. They need the hype to come back. So, Everyone hyping up Michigan, I, I'm hyping them up because it's, it's better for the Big Ten. It's better for Ohio State, especially with the run Ohio State's been on of the domination. If Auburn isn't hyped up, Alabama doesn't look as good, right? And so in my mind, hype them up as much as possible until the foot hits the ball, right? And even up until that week, I want to hype them up until, you know, I want it to be number one versus number two. And then us go out and just slaughter them because it's good for the Big Ten. It's good for Ohio State. Yeah, I totally agree. We need that hype because it also not just hype the rivalry up and the anticipation for our guys on the side of the ball for the finishing out the season with the 
ass kicking, but it's also looked good on our resume when it comes to college football playoff time. Yep. When we beat a top ranked team, a team that was, you know, hyped up and, and, and having these great rankings all through the year playing on the weaker side of the Big Ten. So, hey, I'm all for the hype. I guess my, my point with these guys is that I hear the same thing every offseason, and at some point I would like for them I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with one versus two or that that game should yeah. mean more. I want that. It definitely helps when you have games like 2016 and, and you know what the stakes are. But I, I just am so tired of every July, every now we're in the first week of October and we're hearing these crazy comparisons yeah. for Joe Milton and, and Aiden Hutchinson. And, like, this year Michigan is trying to create their own hype, you know, and I get it because people have – maybe there's some fatigue that they've been doing this for so long and they haven't lived up to expectations – Maybe this is the year that they can do that. I hope that they will, and that the last game of the regular season means more. So why do you get so tired that they have all that they're making this self-proclaimed hype? Like why does well, that like bother la- you? Like last year, you know, I think last said, year everybody I, voted well, no, for I, Ohio I, I know, but to win yeah, the Big Ten. That's I, my problem. I know, but I think what Austin is saying is that it's almost like false hype, right? Instead of say Joe Milton's going to be really good and could be a mixture of Ben Roethlisberger or whatever. Don't say he's going to be Peyton Manning and be the greatest quarterback to ever come out of the Big Ten, right? And I think that's what you're saying. You know, that Hutchinson is a really good defensive end. Say he's going to be all Big Ten and all American, whatever it might be. Don't compare him to the Bosa brothers that are top three picks. I think that's kind of – I know, but I think that's what you're saying. Yeah. Am I right? I think that they, they need to earn it. And so if you're talking about Schlage's last I completely year agree with, with that preseason poll, I think that – there's always this expectation that with their brand and how long they, you know, people are living in the past that they're going to suddenly be good just because you can roll out the football and the team in Ann Arbor is going to be good. And that's not the case. And then you have all these voters who just get tired of voting Ohio State number one. They get tired of talking about, you know, an all Big Ten decade team that could be entirely filled with Buckeyes. Well, let's take this cornerback from Iowa who, who wasn't a first round draft pick and, and not take the six Buckeyes who were. I, that's more of... From my perspective, that's more of a media frustration with the way that people talk about these two teams. And I, I was just curious how that, how that would filter in to players who yeah, I, I don't know how, much you, I don't know how yeah. much you hear it or how much you would pay attention to it. Well, I, I know as a player, I wanted every team that we were playing that week to be hyped up because I have said this on the show before and I'll say it in front of everyone. It is not so much fun going against... Illinois. It is not so much fun playing Rutgers, right? It is fun when the game is now it's on Fox, right? But when I was playing the 3:30 ABC game, right? Even if I was hyped up and it's a big game, we want that, right? We want the fans to cut, you know, it to be crazy. We want college game day to be there. We want as much hype around the game because it. Listen, the 6 a.m. wake up call at the Blackwell or the 6 a.m. wake up, what, 5 a.m. wake up call in Champaign, Illinois is not fun, especially when there's not much attention, right? You go out there, those are the games you got to take care of business. Those are the games that you really train for, right, in the offseason. That's when you're like, hey, i got to create my own motivation. We have to create our own motivation. We have to go out and we have to take care of business compared to those other big games. There's so much emotion that you kind of go out there and you let your physical tools just take over. I would say this. So you want them to be hyped. Guys, as players, we're just looking at the guy that we have to go affect, right? We, we know that McCaffrey left, right? He transferred out, and now they had this other guy. They were still battling. McCaffrey was going to be the guy, and now all of a sudden – this guy's the next Cam Newton. It doesn't make any sense. But here's the thing, though. Do we want to have a conference in which people are looking at us like they look at the SEC? Because that's the reality of the situation. Like, the SEC in, in America gives way too much credit for Texas and Texas A&M, and Tennessee is that oh, type yeah. of school, right? But let's, figure, let's, let's think about this. There is a huge talent gap in the Big Ten, right? And it, and it starts because Ohio State does such a great job, but they also don't develop their guys at, the, at that team up north. Everything being, being kind of similar as far as recruiting classes, we need them to have good players. If not, we're going to be in the ACC. Nobody wants to be in the ACC, guys. I'm telling you what. I mean, <laughs> no, you, no, I love the Buckeyes. I want the Buckeyes to win every single game, but I want them to be good competition. Yeah, yeah. That, That's what I want, right? So, you, so I have no problem with them getting hyped. I think part of the thing is, is that there has been no accountability from their coaches as to, like, okay, we should kind of go on to the next because this is the same thing that happens every single year. And – 
But as a player, we don't care because all we're thinking about is who's the quarterback that we have to affect? Who's the offensive guard that I'm going to go knock his junk into the dirt? Who is this wide receiver that wants to come across the middle that I got to blow up? Like, that's what we're thinking about. Yeah. I don't care what he is because guess what? At the end of the day, you got to drop your sack and attack on Saturdays. Right. That's the reality hey, of the hey, situation. You can't blow him up anymore. You get kicked out again. I don't, that's why I don't play anymore, man. I got <laughs> no. short transverse Rex arms. I got to cover tight ends that are 6'6", six, six, and I'm slow, so you got to go. I know. I agree. <laughs> See, I'm just rhyming over here, man. I could have wow, been a rap. I could have been a rapper. Dropping them Dr. Seuss is dropping rhymes. some bars. Over That's here. okay. That's because these mountains are so blue up here. Coors Light. Well, I guess the other part too, like just to borrow Zach's analogy, like the reason that nobody cares about the Illabuck is because it's pretty easy for Ohio State to win it, and you guys care about having gold pants. And if you want to have some jewelry and you want to give it to your mom or you know give it to your kid. You want to earn it. You want it to mean yeah, something. For sure. For sure. But like I said, the hype is a double-edged sword. Yeah, you want the hype, like you said, to build up the conference as a whole. We don't want to turn into the ACC about just having one team dominate, which is Clemson down there. Yep. But you got to have the talent to back up that hype. You got to have the coaching staff to back up that hype. You got to have the track record to back up that hype. And you don't look at just Ohio State and Michigan game and how we've been dominating the last eight, nine years. But look at the overall games when it comes to AP top teams, who they playing. Right. They have yeah. a losing record. Yes. So it's hard for them to – clearly they're not on the same level and atmosphere as Ohio State, but it's hard to kind of hype that game up when we know what they do in the big-time situations. Right. So how big is the gap right now? Like that, Here's the part, again, just on my side. When they lost the game last year, that Michigan media was asking Jim Harbaugh, why is the gap so wide? Now suddenly it's like it, they're pretending that that didn't happen, that they're going to be really good again. When you guys look at it with your trained eye and you see those rosters, how, how wide is the gap right now? What? Well, I, I think it goes back to what Cardell said, being a double-edged sword, right? I think if you look at the talent gap and coaching gap, there's a massive gap, right? But it goes back to if you talk to any person that's ever played in that game and, you know, all these, these guys will tell you, I'll tell you, anyone else – that when you show up for that game, it doesn't matter if that team or us are 0-11 and they are 11-0 going to that game. It's going to be oh. an all-out war, no matter what, Don't right? Matter. It's going to be an all-out war. You, you go into that game and talent gap isn't a thing. It is you hit harder, you run faster, you do everything more precise. Like that game just carries so much clout that doesn't matter records going into that game man it's the game it's the greatest rivalry in all sports so yes looking at paper looking at you know it, ap wins versus top 25 teams the gap is i mean it's been widening every year right and i think it continues to widen but when it comes to playing each other that's a different story yeah one thing i said years back maybe about three or four years ago i think it was uh, haskins last year before he uh, declared for the draft um if the team up north didn't compete or win that game they might lose the next 10 or 15. Because at that point, those are fourth and fifth year seniors who never had an opportunity to even be in a real game with Ohio State in that rivalry. And Zach, you can attest to this. Um, your last one, we was under the probation, and that was our yeah. last game of the season. They don't take it as serious as us. And I can remember going up there on the recruiting trips and, and um, what was it called, uh, junior days and things <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah. And they didn't take that game as big as we do. We have a clock. We have a whole wall. We have a whole workout segment dedicated to that game. And they just going about each and every game, like each and every game. And we don't. No, you no. know, so we take it completely. It's, a, it's a definitely a culture. It's a mindset. And it's a way of life for us here. And they just don't take it that serious, and you can kind of see the you can kind of see that when we play them on yeah. the field. Yeah, you are what you emphasize, right? And so at Ohio State, we emphasize beating that team up north. You've seen it in the last. 19 years, right? What are we, 17 and 2? Yep. I believe it was uh, 03 and 11. Yeah, and 11. Yeah. That's it. Thanks I mean, like, you got two. Sorry. I'm sorry, Zach. <laughs> you got, I mean, it was my first year back. I probably killed four deer in 2011 because we were garbaggio. <laughs> Thank you, Zach Bourne. That's on you. Uh, but I did teach everybody that was um, uh, <laughs> one of our assistant strength coaches and the interns that were in the training room how to process a deer on the back of my truck outside the woody. That's a real story. Anyways, that being said, it just means more. And our guys understand the importance of it. And I think that when they come in here, just like you see the black stripe, it is a, it's not just I walk in and I'm a Buckeye, right? You have to, it's something that has to be earned with your teammates. And we see guys that come in like Justin Fields did last year. He's transferring in, Trey Sermon, he transferred in. He's an older guy, but he's not necessarily a Buckeye until he gets his black stripe off. Yeah. Oh, and then by the way, as he's going through all this training, they're already talking about the team up north. Yeah, he's played in Oklahoma and Texas games, but he's never played in something like this. I'm from Dallas. Like, this will be new to him, and he's going to be like, this is by far the best game 
that I ever had and the importance of it. The gap is this. The gap in the Ohio State-Michigan rivalry is that between the coaches. That's the gap. Because it's the development of the student-athlete when they get to campus. And if you go look at how many guys we are putting in the NFL that not only just go and make NFL rosters, but are the best in their position and starting and making a name for it. Look at Terry McLaurin last week. I mean, unbelievable week. Career, career week on a crap Washington team who benched our guy because they suck as coaches. Because they're trying to take a guy that has talent, and because he doesn't fit into their system, they don't want to necessarily coach him anymore. That's Garbaggio. And again, just so you guys know, the NFL is about fits and timing. Okay, so Dwayne will be fine. But that being said, the gap in our rivalry is the coaching staffs. Our guys are the best of the best, and they are developing our players so that when they get the opportunity, they perform at a very, very high level. Well, I, you know, I think Schlage sits the nail on the head, right? You've got Trey Sermon coming in this year who's played in the Oklahoma-Texas game. You had Justin Fields come in last year who Georgia's playing Alabama in the SEC championship game, right? I mean, Georgia Tech, whatever, but they're play- he's playing other – Didn't he SEC get in game. in like a, a BCS? No, he did. Or no, yeah, like against a Alabama. Like game? Against Alabama like yeah, in the SEC championship game. He got in, right? And so you have a guy that when – he understood it last year, but then even this year, a year, not even a year within the program, and they're talking about you know not having a football season, he came out and said, I want to play for a national championship, and I want to beat the team up north, right? So, like, that's a guy who grew up in Georgia, right, started going to the University of Georgia, and then comes here and totally gets it. Within a year, has grasped the significance of that game, right, and that he wants to play this season just so he can have another game against that team up north and go for a national championship. I did this. I, I, tra- I mean, I'm from Texas, man. Like, what are we talking about? Like, the only good thing about Ohio when I came on my visit was that you had great football and big deer. Other than that, the <laughs> weather's awful. Now, this is great weather. Like, we only get 30 days of this a year, so you better enjoy it. But, like, what else is there? You know what I mean? But I love the great state of Ohio. I make my home here. I mean, come on. What are we talking about? But you transfer right in. As soon as you get there, and I was on the scout team, and I'm a redshirt sophomore, like you're taping your helmet up, and you're being that example for them. Like you automatically get it. Trust is going through the game the previous year, and he's showing you everything that you did, and that was at that time the 2002 National Championship year, yep. and this is what you got to do to beat that team. Yeah. And it's on your mind all the time. That's, I mean, that's the difference, that and the coaching. 12, we very conveniently for the uh, Buyer's Auto question for Cardale this week. Yeah. It happened to parlay right in with the game. Imagine, oh, imagine, imagine that. that. <laughs> imagine so, that. It's so fortuitous. Uh, so That's a big word. Yeah. What do you say? Uh, for, I mean, that's, I haven't had fortuitous? any cores, I haven't had any cores light yet, so I'll get What's the origin? It's going to go down throughout the show. Okay. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> you cannot smell, smell that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a different show where we have Schlage's spell. <laughs> that's a good one. Tune into that. Yeah. Uh, so 12. Let's have a spelling contest. <laughs> the question came in for you. When JT goes down, what went through your mind? Take us through those couple minutes stretch there. Where you're, you're, one of your best friends is on the ground, and you're about to go in in the game. I mean, to be honest, it was, it was a more like an oh, sh- moment than like, <laughs> oh, let's go moment. Because we – That's amazing. <laughs> when, that, when that happened – That's real. That's real. I love that you're clapping because that's no, what that's he was real. thinking. Yeah, because when that happened, it happened in such a, a critical time in the game. I mean, clearly our coaches prepare us for that moment. And I, and I spoke about this weeks before that. It's been times in practice where, you know, one of the guys is going on the first team and, and coach will scream out, oh, he broke his shoelace, oh, equipment check, and make sure his backup is running in for that one play to just make sure you're getting your mental reps. So all that kind of happened at once. But I don't know if you guys remember my first pass in that game. It kind of went up to the, um, to the press box. I was kind of throwing to one yeah, of I the uh, media guys. <laughs> but um, the nerves was just – it was a miss, a, a nerves, excitement, and um, I just want to let the team down. That was my main thing. I just want to let the team down. It was like, okay, this has been a great game, and our, our play of offense has primarily been on the shoulders and the success of the quarterback. And I was like, I can't get in and kind of screw that up. Right. So it was kind of a, like, don't mess this thing up. <laughs> yes. Spoiler, Ohio State won that game. Yeah. We've got a lot more to talk about tonight, uh, including the game. We're going to bring these guys back. We're going to keep it rolling. We're going to take our first break of the evening on weekend kickoff, brought to you by Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems. It takes attention to detail. With your local Bryant dealer, you're getting more than just a technician. You're getting someone who pays attention to your needs and the little things that make a big difference. It takes a dealer you can rely on. And to keep your family warm this winter, here, let me show you how this works. It takes Bryant. Bryant. Whatever it takes. And to keep your family comfortable, it takes Columbus Worthington Air. Find them at CWAOhio.com. 
All right, welcome back to Weekend Kickoff, brought to you by Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems. We got a little shift change. Cardell's still on the end, but look at, first of all, Mike Bennett's here. He doesn't have his own T-shirt. But I brought nachos. But he's got nachos. <laughs> yeah, so go. those are straight from Urban Meyer's Pine House. Mm. I think they get bigger every week, but now look at this guy. Brand new General Bob Carpenter. Amish like T-shirt. I mean, you gave yourself five stars? Well, they five did. Stars the, okay. I mean, well, General. Car he's Cardale already had his own Amish shirt. <laughs> but I think Schle Schlegs must have made this. You have two homage shirts now. Yeah, we do. I get, yeah, well, one, one, and uh, you know, I got one that's kind of like, it's kind of like the Avengers. You know, you've got the the Avengers movie, then you get your own sequel, you your own okay. solo shot. So this was my my solo ride here. That you know, Schlegs actually I think helped talk them into getting this for me. I mean, now they're, they're selling those. I think Second and Seven's getting a piece of. Yeah, that. we're getting. Uh, it's uh, part of the the proceeds there going to Second and Seven as we drop some silverware. But uh, yeah, so that's. <laughs> And you're excited about yeah, this. Yeah, I mean, they do a great job over there at Homage. And so, you know what? They wanted to throw this together. I said, hey, hopefully we can get some people to buy them. Um, you know, that, that goes to second seven. If I can pump something else, too, we've got these masks here. They're going to the Buckeye Cruise for cancer. Five bucks from every one of these. We're selling at uh, breezymasks.com. Uh, that's B-R-E-A-S-Y, like breathe easy mask. So five bucks goes to the cruise. You know, everybody's trying to raise money right now, and it's in can't have events, you can't do anything. I mean, this is about as, as packed as you can get, and it's, it's awesome in here, but you can't have those massive events anymore. So everybody, cancer didn't go away. Literacy still is a problem. Like all, all of the societal issues are still the same, and so we've got to find a way to still correct them. Come out, drink a Coors Light, and sell some stuff. I think Absolutely. that works just fine with me. Um, so the, and the origin of that too, Bob, you were fighting every single day on social media, on the radio, Morning Juice. Uh, your show with Schlage. We'll call like, it advocating. Advocating. Ad advocating. <laughs> well, but, you I know? mean, fight, like, hashtag fight. Ryan Day was bringing, like, yeah. you, you didn't think you were bringing that? I mean, why, what were those couple months like for the last couple months? We all went through six and seven months. But you were leading this advocacy maybe more aggressively than about anybody else. And I'm not. No, 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 no it's fine. I, I, but you, you were working hard on this. I was. And it took, and it's amazing, probably for about a 10 or 12-day stretch. I probably averaged about 40 hours a week on that. Wow. So it was probably about 65 hours, whether it was you know, talking to people in the federal government, you know, some people in the legislative branches of government here, talking to different you know, coaches throughout the Big Ten, talking to different media people throughout the Big Ten footprint, and trying to figure out how, you could, how we could, I guess, push this thing forward enough to where the presidents of the, of the universities would say, hey, maybe we should reevaluate everything and, and look at the information that has been presented and maybe we can come to a different conclusion. And I think the instant testing was a big piece of that. And so at that point, once that was made available, um, Tim Pataki, who works in the White House, played lacrosse at Ohio State, was a huge piece of it. Anthony Gonzalez, huge piece of it. And for me, it, was, it wasn't about like Big Ten football going on. It was the fact that, like, I look at these guys and I feel like I'm their you know, dad almost. We'll call it like <laughs> uncle maybe. But like, I know how hard those guys worked. And, and especially if you're a senior, if you're a junior, you have all these things teed up and forget about even trying to win a national championship. Like that's just, that's gravy on it. But you put so much time and effort and they sacrifice so much during the summer. You know, I know Mike Bennett, you know, he was a staple at pool parties when he was here during the summer. <laughs> Those guys, they, they refrained, they stayed inside, they didn't do anything. And so you, you told them, if you do it all right, and you, you don't have these massive surges in the test, and you, you sacrifice your personal life, and you work really hard, and you do everything, we'll give you a chance. And then they took it away. And so I, I did, my heart, I felt for those guys, because I couldn't imagine if that would have been my senior year. I know that these guys probably couldn't imagine the same thing. And so it was like, just give them a chance to see if you can do it safe. No one's saying, you know, we're going to slit your hand, wrist, and put blood down there and say, you're playing 12 games. Like, just see if you can do it safely. And so the protocols have been in place. You know, you see other conferences doing it. The NFL, although the Titans have had some issues, but you know, largely they've played six weeks of high school football in the state of Ohio. I have not heard, you know, there's been some games canceled, but there haven't been any outbreaks. There haven't been any explosions of it. You know, there's been nobody that I've heard of that's been severely hospitalized from everything. So, like, let's just see if we can do it safe and give these guys a chance in, in really all sports, not just football, but see if you can give them a chance to go out there and live their dream and learn all the invaluable lessons that sports teaches. There's a reason why sports were created as part of, you know, the, the education program in this country. And I'm sorry if I'm on my soapbox right here and just dominating <laughs> this, but I'm very passionate about it because, you know, I've had friends who they didn't play college football, but some of the things that they've learned and like they're more successful in life because they played sports or because they specifically played football. 
and that taught them sacrifice, working hard, and maybe they didn't have the best examples at home, they didn't have a lot of other opportunities, but that has guided them through, and now they're almost 40 years old, and they have kids that are playing, and like, I've watched what they've become, and like, I'm so proud of some of my yeah. friends for this, I'm sorry about all this, but it's just, I get really emotional because I'm so passionate because I know what it can do in the trajectory of how people's lives can be changed yeah. from being able to have those opportunities. You guys go. I'm sorry. You guys don't. <laughs> no, no, you all good because we actually touched on that and, and, and um, people are getting a chance to witness how passionate and how strong and how hard you advocated for a football season for the Buckeyes. And week one, we emphasized that. And you was actually, we spoke about who were the people that were kind of behind the scenes and kind of on the scene as you were, like you said, 40 plus hours. Um, who pushing for this and, and your name came up twice with some of our picks so and now people I'm excited that people get an opportunity to see why and hear why that you're so passionate about why that you were pretty much on the front line just like a Justin Field or Ryan Day of getting not just Buckeye ball back but for the big well, you think about the impact like Ted Ginn Sr. had in your life of course and you know Anthony Gonzalez worked count you know, worked incredibly hard on this thing to get this done you know at a federal level at a state level at a regional level here and you know, talking to some of the, you know the presidents and different people at the universities, and like conveying them, because he had a long talk with Ted Ginn Sr. about this, like, and the impact that like, you know, you have on young men's lives and what you can do for them. And so like, you feel that, and, like, you imagine what would have happened to you, like, if you wouldn't have had that guidance and that opportunity in your life to do that. Like, it's you, you crazy. Absolutely, you're absolutely right, and not just to scale it back from all being on the um, the college level. And I know a huge impact of sports and college is financial, but you look into some of these inner cities around Ohio and really around the country because it's pretty much the same. Um, and you take away sports, in particular football, away from a lot of these guys who who play football at these schools. To it's, it's a it's a it's a getaway. It's a it's a way to. Like you said, they might not have the best home situations, but they know they're going on the, on the field or they're going to practice with their guys and they enjoying them two, two and a half, three hours with them guys and having a chance to play on, on Fridays. And you take that away, it's like, what is that kid going to turn to? Yeah. You know, but I'm, I'm put like this. Long story short, we glad we got football. Yeah. <laughs> we glad we got football. Yeah. I think that probably covers it, Mike. You want to talk yeah, about no, football? No, I think I don't know if I got anything better to say than you two. You guys covered it really well. All right, so the point is that on December 12th, we'll get to watch the two rivals play. About and we've time. talked about, you know, what that game means, why, you know, what's wrong with your rivals. And, they, you know, Cardale's already talked about that it doesn't matter. You throw the record out. So when you're getting ready, we've heard so much about the team up north periods in practice. And I've asked you a ton of times about getting through a spring ball, training camp, your favorite thing in the world. What goes into a team up north period for anybody who's never heard of that? It's time for war. There you, you hear that song by L.A. <laughs> it's Kool drilled Jay, in your head. Maybe. Oh I, it's just on loop. Literally in the whole building, it, that it's time for war is on loop for seven straight days. And so, I mean, I feel like I could rap that song word for word <laughs> still to this day. And, I mean, it's, it's just an incredible atmosphere the way they're able to – uh, Coach Meyer did a great job changing the whole building to make it feel like this was a special week. It's not just another week that you go out and you're trying to beat the team. Like, no, this is a special week. We're going up against our rivals, the team up north. And he doesn't want you to take it lightly. I'm, co I'm sure Coach Day did the same. We walk into the building and they've got um, maize and blue jerseys taped to the ground. And you got to wipe your feet off before you walk into the, the woody. Uh, it's just an, it's an incredible atmosphere. And the lead up to the game, the biggest struggle is trying to uh, remain composed because you're just so hyped up. You've been hitting each other. You've been getting prepared. You feel like they, you know, they've got nothing on you, and then you finally get to the game, and you already you're sweating and breathing hard, and the, the ball hasn't even been kicked off yet. Um, but it's just it's still one of my, my four favorite games is, are the Team Up North games. Are you, are you sad that they're struggling in the rivalry? Do you want them to get back to – it would, be, footing. it would be nice if, you know, we went into that game as number one and they were number two every year. That would be great, and we still won. Yeah. <laughs> um, that would be incredible, but I know that this rivalry is a, long, is a long process, and there were times where they were up and we were up, so I'm just going to enjoy <laughs> beating the crap out of that team up north for a little while. See, by, by Austin, how, how, old are, how old are you, Austin? 37. Yeah, okay, so you're my age. These guys, I know there were times, like, as if, as if like, that was in, like, Back something in Bob, distant past. Uncle Bob, tell us about those times. Yeah, like, when Austin and I were growing up, you know, during the 90s, it was basically flipped. You had a tie, Coach Coop had a couple of wins, and, like, all of a sudden in 2001, that thing began to turn, and it was like turning a cruise ship now. And you, you were beating some really good teams. And so, it, you guys, people that are, you know, born in 
my goodness, some of these players, like they were born in 2002, they've only seen two losses in like their lifetime, yeah. which is insane to think of, insane. And so you want them to be as good as possible. You want the most worthy adversary you can get. I think it's great for the rivalry. It's great for everything, but you never want to lose that game. You were obviously in some big ones, Bob. What was your favorite memory uh, of the game? Oh, goodness. Like, it's like picking your favorite kid. You know, it's tough. <laughs> and I actually lost you know, in 2000. Three, we lost. Lost to a good team up there, and we should have won the game. Like that, That's honestly the one that haunts. I can remember almost probably as much as that game as the other three combined. Um, they're all kind of special in their own way. You know, 2 we won the national championship. It was my freshman year. But probably the two that stick out the most are my junior and senior year, and especially my junior year when you talk about throwing the records out the window. Everybody always says that. Michigan is – they're 9-1 and one coming in. We are 6-4. and four. We're six and four. We lost three games in a row. We lost to Northwestern. First time in 34 years. I mean, you know how that feels? You guys, you guys have no idea what that's like. <laughs> they were ready, like the town, like it was, it was a sad day. It was a sad, sad day. You think Virginia Tech was bad? I mean, holy smokes. This, this <laughs> killed it. You lost to Northwestern for heaven's sake. And we go in there and we've been playing really good football and we smoke them on our field. And they're already going to the Rose Bowl. Didn't matter. Smoke them on our field. And that was so very satisfying because it was truly a time like, hey, everybody in the country is saying that they're better than us, and we beat them by you know, two and a half scores. Yeah. It was fantastic. And uh, I'm going to shift gears to another rivalry, Cardale, because I know where you're heading this weekend. And you've been <laughs> advocating for Texas as the Big 12 champion, which I'm just very glad that the Big 12 has now been ruled out of the playoff officially after what happened. But oh. the Red River shootout, they, they fancy themselves as the rivalry that's, that can – you know, touch, you know, what's the debate? You got the Iron Bowl and, and the game up here in the Red River shootout. And it is fun. I've been to that one too. But uh, it's hard to really get excited about it. Probably is, you probably got a little bit less uh, enthusiasm to head to Dallas tomorrow after what's happened with Tom Herman in the last couple of weeks. Um, I mean, I'm still going to be pulling for the guys no matter what and still going to be excited to see uh, my former coach coach on a, at a, in a huge game like that. But I think when it comes to rivalry and, and trying to, top the magnitude of, of another another conference rival and, and what it means to them you, you only really can have a feel for it if you've been in both of them <laughs> and there's only one guy and I, I guarantee you Mike you won't even get this there's only one guy that been in you might if I said there's only one guy that been in two major rivalries and they both been called the game who is that guy oh. I'm gonna lose the it. game the game so you know what the second the game is right What's the second big game? Yale Harvard. Yale Harvard. It played for both. Oh, it's um, you, I can't remember his name. Why am I supposed he to? Transferred. Because he transferred. <laughs> he played with us. He played with you Luke guys. Luke Roberts. Yes. Oh. Luke Roberts transferred from. And he's from Lancaster. Yeah. I didn't know he was yeah, from Harvard. Yeah. I know he transferred. He transferred there. to Harvard. That's yeah, he even worse. To Harvard. He's from but, my uh, high school, Austin. But I, I should have saved I, that I, for the uh, Urban Myers Pinehouse trivia tonight. We're gonna give away a T-shirt. No, I randomly ran into him maybe three or four years after we was done with school, and that's the first thing I asked about. I was like, man, how was the game? How was the game? And trying to joking with him like that. But he still said it, man. It's nothing still compared. Even though that's Ivy League ball and, they, you know, football is pretty much on the back burner of every Ivy League school. He said they still get up for it, but it's nothing compared to his freshman year experience when we went up there and we was 12-0 and we won 42-41. to yeah. So um, I can't take that rivalry because I'm not a part of it. Yeah. But, you know, I'm definitely be pulling for Texas Saturday. And, you know, what's interesting about it this year is that Trey Sermon is going to get to experience them both. So yeah. we'll have somebody who can actually weigh in on that. Yeah, yeah, good point. We'll good get to point. that at the end of the year. Mike, what was it like just to play in that game? I asked you just about preparing for it and training. Uh, we talked about Texas and Oklahoma earlier in the week, so you don't have to talk about all the issues they have in Big 12 country. But I appreciate it. You know, <laughs> to, to go through it, every, I remember when you were playing and everybody described it as the most physical thing that they had ever gone through, at least on a football field. Yeah, it's a, it's a dogfight. Um, like Bob said, you know, you throw the records aside. It's just mano y mano and – uh, no matter what happened in the season before, the only game that, the, that everybody on that field cares about is the one being played at that moment. Um, and I was unlucky enough to be part of one of those losses that we've had in the last 20 years. And um, that was my freshman year that really kind of set the stage of how I viewed that team up north. I, I wasn't necessarily a huge Ohio State fan growing up. And um, when I went to Ohio State my freshman year, I, did, I was like, you know, I get it. We're not supposed to like that team up north, but... 
you know, I just see them as a bunch of, they're our rivals. I'll, I'll figure it out as we go. Yeah. And after that game, we walked out of the tunnel at the beginning of the game, and they're waving dollar bills at us and pouring beer on us. And I know uh, Marcus Hall ended up flicking off the, flipping off the whole crowd. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I understand why we hate them now. Yeah. And that really set the stage as we move forward for the next three years. And uh, they, were, they were just big fights. Uh, not big fights, but they were just battles. Uh, year well, in, there were year some out. fights. There were a couple <laughs> fights, um, but there were battles year in and year out, and they're always fun to play in. But there's that that added worry. You know, you, you can't lose to them. It's not like oh, you slipped up against Virginia Tech, and it is what it is. I mean, you have to live with that forever. Especially as an Ohio State fan, if you come back and live in Columbus, people will know that you were one of those teams that lost to that team up north. All right, before uh, before we let Cardale go get on his plane, we're gonna have his favorite segment of the week. Private, uh, private plane, probably. Private plane. Private plane. <laughs> oh, stop Net it. Jets. Oh, stop <laughs> it. <laughs> Coach Herman it himself. Make sure that 12 is here for this game. It's the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems, whatever it takes. It's the player of the week. Uh, I won't go first again. I don't want to take your guy. Yeah, let me go. Let All right, we're going to start with you. Anybody, and, any level, last week, uh, your player of the week. And I'm bummed out that Slago even mentioned it earlier a little bit because I worked out with him this morning and I told him who I was picking. <laughs> so I'm bummed out that he picked my guy, Terry McLaren. I said it could have been Terry or Denzel because Denzel had a game win and interception versus Dallas this week and he had some unbelievable one-on-one tackles and a couple of PBUs. But I'm still going with Terry because he had over he had 10 catches for over 100 yards, a career day for him, even though Washington didn't come up with the win, but it was still a big day for him and I'm proud to see um, the, the growth in him each and every week definitely playing one year with him and seeing that you know, he was just a guy on scout team for us that had to run the long balls and just pretty much clear out the defense. Yeah. And to see that he still, that he uh, progressed so much, you know, as his time at Ohio State and continue to get better each and every week at the NFL, definitely proud of him and he's my player of the week. Not a lot of guys running with the uh, same speed as Terry McLaurin to run that clear out route. So. Far from it. Far from it. Bob, you got somebody on top of your head there. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to go with this guy and I'd probably go with him the last four weeks. And that's Joe Burrow. I mean, if you look at what he's done each and every week, and Cardell can attest to it, how hard it is to play quarterback in the NFL, and even how much harder it is when no one's really blocking for you. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Like, and what he's been able to do, Joe sits there, he diagnoses the defense, he's Joe Cool, he doesn't make any mistakes. You never see him yelling at his lineman. Heck, he was sacked eight times a couple against the Eagles. Eight times, he was hit like 17. The fact that he wasn't broken in half, I saw that one hit Brandon Graham put on him. Like, dude, you just stay <laughs> yeah. down. Just stay down, yeah. man. Like, don't. Was, yeah. What are you doing? Don't get up. And he gets up. He doesn't get happy. You know, he doesn't get happy feet in the pocket. He continues to stare down the field. And for a guy who literally, I heard an Ohio State coach who coached at another school at the time, and I'm not going to reveal his name, but when he got to Ohio State and he sees Joe Burrow, he goes, "That can't be the same skinny noodle armed kid from Athens." He, he didn't offer him somewhere else. Right. He goes, this kid, like, with what he's become, how hard he's worked, how he's developed, he's such a leader. I mean, and you know what? He's done it. He's going to LSU as a whole nother beast, you know, going down there and then being a captain as a rookie up in uh, Cincinnati, even though he was a number one overall pick. Like, that doesn't matter to the NFL vets. They don't yeah. care about that crap. But he's a first in, last out dude. He obviously knows what's going on. And Cincinnati is, I mean, they're not a great football team. But he's a heck of a player, and he makes them look a lot better than what they are. And so, I mean, unless he takes a hard right turn, man, like I don't even know how I could choose almost anybody else the rest of the season given <laughs> what he's been experiencing. For sure. And uh, piggyback a little bit on the Joe thing, man. One thing I always loved about him, spending one year with him, and when you were a freshman, especially you have no chance of pretty much playing. He had no chance of playing that freshman year, you know, because it was me, J and, me and JT in the room and Braxton still against the snaps at quarterback. But to see how he – responded to a lot of adversity and, uh, and a lot of verbal abuse that you know, not just not just coaches but us as what players. What did JT name him? What's his nickname? No, I named his name is John. John. John, name, John Burrow. That was my job. I, you didn't have a you didn't have a name. We gave you nicknames. That's how we knew everybody. You, you got a you go to the room, you got a nickname. Your name is what? Oh, don't care who you is, what you do, where you from. Your name is John. Shut up. Don't talk <laughs> in the meetings. Nothing. Watch. <laughs> it was like one of them things. But one thing I love about him Fresh. always and to this day he never let his highs get too high and his lows get too low. Right. And that's why he just keep getting up and keep balling and keep having week in and week out, you know, success personally. But hopefully I can lead to some more wins for him. Mike, who you got? I'm going to change pace a little bit and give a shout-out to a guy that I don't think gets as much credit since he's been in the NFL, and that's Jonathan Hankins. Um, hmm. He's been solid 
for going on eight years now in the NFL, made his transition to uh, the Oakland Raiders. And every time I turn on the TV to watch the Raiders, last week included, Vegas. he's out there. Oh, I'm going to call them Oakland. They're all right. Nobody's, <laughs> always, they're always nobody's going to come get me. Um, every time I turn on the TV to watch uh, the Raiders, Jonathan's, hey, Jonathan Hankins is out there making plays, stopping the run, and being an integral part of that defensive line. And, it, you know, it's not a very flashy position. It's not very exciting. But you can't do what you do on the defense if you don't have a run stopper in there. And the guy, the big guy can pass rush too. So he had a good showing last week, and uh, I want to give him a shout-out. All right, Schlegs asked me about it early on, and I, I tipped my hand. My, my player of the week is actually the coach. It's Ryan Day for giving the media 30 minutes to watch stretching, which doesn't <laughs> sound like that big of a deal to you guys because you know you're not doing anything that's really important, and we can't evaluate it. But we got to see who was out there, who was healthy, who was you know lining up with which unit. That was a big deal. And... Uh, I brought up this guy, Michael, earlier in the week. You know, they've got a walk-on running back, Xavier Johnson. Like, we, we get a whole two weeks of stories out of this guy. When a walk-on appears and gets a, a touch of the first string rep, uh, that's great for me. It's great for Bobby on the radio where we get to just, you know, grab some stories and, and fill some time before kickoff because I cannot tell you how uh, we've all had our difficulties, but in my profession the last 10 months without a football game, that's real hard. And I don't want to do it again. <laughs> Austin Ward, one of the real victims of COVID. Yeah, right yeah. I, I know everybody feels really terribly for me. Um, but at, least, oh, no, I, at least Will kept me employed throughout all that, so I can't complain too much. But I'll just eat and drink some beer tonight, and I'll be all right. We're going to come back in a little bit more. Bobby doesn't have to do anything else but make fun of me for the rest of the night. Weekend kickoff. We'll roll along after we take a quick, quick break. It's brought to you by Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems. All right, taking a quick break from the big show now, talking to the guys making it happen. Ken Haviger from Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems. I think a month in, it's feeling pretty good. What do you think so far? <laughs> I think so. And I, you should let those guys beat on you like that, you know? Most, <laughs> I can, most I can people's take buckles and cowboy boots are awesome, so you, well, should, you, should let, you should let them do that to you. <laughs> I, can t- I can take it. They're, and also, they're all linebackers and uh, defensive <laughs> linemen, so I, there's only so much. And Cardale's yeah. huge, so there's only so much I can say. Um, all right, kids, so it's starting to get cold. Yes. What's the next step? People need to make sure they can take care of their homes, take, take care of their living space. How can Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems help out as we get ready for the so it's pretty nice right now, but it's going to get cold. The Central Ohio Bryant dealers, you know, we're, we're, we've had a, it's a, it's been an interesting year. You know, it uh, it started out uh, very warm in the winter, so it wasn't a it wasn't a great start to the year for most of the most of the dealers in uh, in the industry. And uh, as it's kind of turned out, uh, COVID hit early, and uh, it really impacted all the manufacturers uh, as far as production because they would get COVID cases on the lines all over yeah. the country at the different manufacturers, and they had to shut them down. So. Uh, what happened was in May, if you remember, it got 90 uh, quick, and it stayed hot, and the manufacturers were behind the eight ball, and they, and they couldn't catch up. So there was a there was a lot of product shortages around the industry. Uh, we were fortunate that we were probably a little bit ahead of the curve, but but it, it impacted everybody. And uh, fortunately, uh, you know, we were able to get through that. Um, there's still some shortages, quite honestly, and we're still seeing issues on the furnace side now that's going into heating. And uh, so I think, you know, for, for homeowners out there and, and even small business owners that have uh, properties, you need to be aware that there's, there, there are some challenges for, for all manufacturers, uh, you know, across the board. So I think, you know, as far as what they should be looking for and what to be doing, I think there's been a big shift. A lot of people are working from home. And uh, as that's happened, um, the urgency for getting things fixed or yeah. replaced has gone up considerably. And uh, so we're, we're trying really hard to... Uh, to, to capitalize on giving uh, homeowners options, and uh, you know, with the shortages, it, it's been it's been a, bit, a little bit challenging. But we're we're getting through that, and uh, I think you, you definitely want to talk to professionals. And uh, the Bryant Dealer Network is is, is, a, is a high-end dealer network, and we feel they're going to give you quality answers to issues. Uh, they definitely won't be the cheapest, uh, but I think they're going to be a high quality, and, and they're going to give you the information that you That's need. That's always the choice you've got to make, right? Sure. I mean, you're going to. You want to take a deal, or do you want to make sure you're protecting your home, make sure, sure. Your, your loved ones, your, or your home office now? that you're, Sure. And that's the, that's the thing. I think, uh, you know, in, in the past, uh, maybe air conditioner went out, and eh, we'll wait, you know, in August. We'll, we'll wait till next year. Well, they're working at home now, and they can't wait. So I think uh, for the homeowner moving forward, I think things they need to consider is, uh, you know, the, the size of the equipment, is, is it really correct? Because it may have never been sized pr- uh, correctly from the, from, from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, uh, humidification and, and, and dehumidification and, and being able to make sure that that's correct in the home, which most homes out of the gate are not. And then third, just indoor air quality in general, air filtration, UV lights, 
uh, ionization products that are out there uh, that can, in many cases, have the uh, classification of killing killing or capturing COVID or corona. Yeah. And uh, so there are products out there that will do that. Uh, you just got to make sure you're getting the right ones and you're getting the right information. Yeah, I would say, like, this is the first time that I've ever thought about the air filtration. And, and you and I had talked about it even before the show. Like, <laughs> people are hearing about this maybe for the first time that they, they've even owned a home and thinking about, well, can I have someone in? If I want to have a watch party for the game on December 12th, sure. am, is this safe? Like, am I able to get this out of the air if it's here? Yeah, and, and um, there are a lot of different ways to do it. There's there's HEPA filtration products. There's ionization products. There's UV products. So there's a lot of ways to get to the end game, depending on what your system is. And, and you really do need to slow down and, and ask the right questions. And, and, and a good contractor, and, and we, we really feel confident that the Bryant dealers and the Central Hire are, 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 are what you need to type of people you need to be talking to they'll get you good, solid information to make a decision. And sometimes you don't even know the right question to ask. Right? Correct. Correct. <laughs> and, that, and that's, again, that, you know, there, there's a lot of people out there who do it for less, but they may not give you all the answers that you need. And a lot of people uh, in, 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 these, in the trades uh, may not give you all the information that you need to make a good decision. And uh, just, just slow down enough to ask the right questions. And if you'll do that, I, I think you'll find you're going to be a lot more comfortable in your home. And who knows, that may be your new home office for – for, for the next 10 years. As, as things evolve here, who knows what that's going to look like. All right, all the answers, get those at Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems. You can trust Ken. He's our guy here. Appreciate him for hanging out with us at Urban Myers Plant House every Thursday night. Pleasure to be here. All right, we'll see you. We're going to go right back and talk more football. All right, welcome back. Yeah, all defense up here, by the way. Well, I mean, yeah. we love the silver bullets here. Just the D, Schlags. Just the, the D. <laughs> who kicked, doesn't like kicked really good wow. D? This is a clean show, Schlags. I mean, it is. That's what I'm talking. I'm talking about defense, silver bullets. What are you talking about? Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't anything. know what you're talking about. Right. I know what I'm talking about. Buckeyes. Buckeyes. That's right. Last segment of the weekend kickoff, brought to you by Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems at Urban Myers Pint House. Since I have had to like kick. It's a bunch of games off the schedule the last couple of weeks. We're just going to turn this in to the Silver Bullets pick segment. We're going to get right into it. That's great. I'm not going to fill any time. Okay. Instant accountability. By the time that this posts on the Internet, for the people who are not coming to watch us live, Bears and Bucks, I can't believe that this is actually a significant game on Thursday night. Uh, I, quick, belie- I believe not tonight. What is it? Bucks minus five. You'll have them right, you have them right here, Bob. Well, no, no, it doesn't have it right there. Every other one. It's five and a half. Five and a half. I took, too. I took the, I took Tampa Bay on the cover. I think they went by a touchdown. Tom Brady. Uh, I agree. I, I would pick them at ten and a half. Hey, listen. Here's the deal. Tom Brady five and zero oh versus the Chicago Bears. Guess what? Six and zero oh tonight, baby. I'm going to be the dissenting opinion. Yeah, I'm going to go with the a, Chicago Bears. This do is not say Nick. Oh, have to do it. You know, I think everybody's expecting Tom Brady to. He's starting to hit his stride, and everybody's expecting him to start rolling. I think the Chicago Bears at home have a stellar defense, and they're going to take. Yeah, that home crowd okay. advantage really is going to help. It's going to be tonight. huge. Yeah. Hey, See. not having to fly somewhere from Tampa. Imagine to Chicago that all is the fans screaming at Soldier Field. <laughs> yeah. I'm really going to rattle Tom. <laughs> Got Beam, it. Beam hasn't had that effect on YouTube, but it appears to have worked on yeah. this guy. So he'll wear on you. All right, uh, back to college football, where you actually have time to use this great gambling advice. Uh, in that Red River game, uh, not even two ranked opponents now. Texas, uh, one-and-a-half-point underdog in Dallas against the Sooners. I'm going to kick it off. I'm taking the Sooners. There's no way that they could possibly be as bad as they've looked the last two weeks, and I don't have any faith in what's going on in Texas right now. So, Austin Ward, is your logic is they are due. I, they, yeah. <laughs> They're due. That's, that's what he's that's saying. That's great gambling advice, yeah, Bob. That's what he's saying. They're due. They're one-and-a-half, right? I, I would have yeah. to believe that the roster of Oklahoma is better than the roster of Texas. The only question that I have, I don't think Sam Ellinger is a great college quarterback, like an elite NFL quarterback like prospect, but I do think he's a pretty good college quarterback. I, I can't believe that I'm going to do this. Uh-oh. I, I'm going to take, take the Longhorns. You're giving me a point and a half. Are you really? I'm, I'm taking take Texas, the too. What are we talking about? They're, Did you just pick them? I'm talking yeah, about the team that gave yeah. up 56 to Texas Tech two weeks ben, ago. Bennett just picked them. I'm taking, okay, I'm they, lost to, they, they lost to they Iowa got State. A good, they got a good offense. I think their defense has been struggling. They still have Chris Ash. I think I truly believe eventually Chris Ash is going to get it together. It's his first year coming off a pandemic year. Obviously, he's going to have some problems, but I mean, he's going. I think he's going to get it figured out. And this go is ahead. a good big game. No, to no, step no, you. Up. You go want ahead. me to go? Because yeah. Bobby had some great points. I'm taking Sam Ellinger because he's better than Rattler because Rattler's a freshman, right? Like when yeah. we talk yeah. about yeah. in the first time in this rivalry, 
you got to go with the, the more veteran quarterback, and he's a gamer, and they can obviously score points. It's just, it is going to be the Red River shootout is what it's going to be. I'm taking Texas for sure. Mm -hmm. I'm going Oklahoma. You know, Lincoln Riley does not have pressure. Tom Herman has pressure. Those yeah. guys in the locker room know it. Lincoln Riley knows no matter what happens this year, his, his job is safe. He's going to come out. That, that offense is going to be firing. It, it, yes, it's going to be a shootout. We know that. But the pressure is on Texas. The pressure is not on Oklahoma. Even though it's one and two, Lincoln Riley is going to have those guys ready to go. He's going to yeah. dial up some plays. I mean, that offense is going to come out firing. Tom Herman, after this game, might not be Tom the Herman anymore. If they, lose, if they lose this game, this is Tom Herman's last season yeah. in Texas. Yeah, well, you know no what? I don't, I'm not sure that I completely buy that there's no pressure on Lincoln Riley after those flops oh. in the college football playoff, and then you but lose three in a row this year. Listen, including and a, listen a how many game? times has he made the Final Four? He, th this year is an anomaly. I mean, th with COVID and the shortened offseason and everything else, he has a built-in excuse. Yeah, I'm not saying he's going to be fired. Listen, Tom Herman does not have an excuse because he hasn't been to the Final Four, right? He, they haven't won a Big 12 championship. Lincoln Riley's been there. He's done it. He has a built-in excuse this year. Guess what? They lost two games. They know there's no way they're making it to the to the Final Four. They're going to come out firing. This might be the biggest game they have circled on the, on the rest of the year, right, on their schedule. Guess what? They're coming for Tom Herman's head. Lincoln Rollins not going anywhere because he's he's produced three Heisman Trophy winners there at Oklahoma. No, I, that's they understand. So I, I I completely agree with he's you. Going to go coach that. Deshaun however, Watson. However, however, at the end of the day, no, that should be the enemy. <laughs> it is from Kansas City. Yeah, but Done that deal. being said, Texas. The problem with the Big Twelve is that nobody practices tough, physical, run-stopping defenses. Like, it's hard. Listen, everybody, you guys want to know why the Big 12 says, absolutely says sucks? the guy that was jilted from, the, by the Big 12. If they want to know the answer, <laughs> Schlake, Schlake send, I was in the Big 12 and they didn't recruit me. Schlake, send them back. Because that was too tough. Send them back to Letterman Live at Roosters on Monday. They can get this that guy, answer. This, is this a guy show. is pro-typical, you know, linebacker. Yeah. That's right. also white. Yeah. Stiff, great teammate, smart. Uh, All right, send him to a service academy. Yeah. Off we go into the wild blue. Yeah, that's it. That's what really happened. I, I thought I wasn't going to have to cut any games this week. All right, don't cut them. Just keep no, going. Keep, keep going, going. Keep going. All right, Florida is a six-point favorite against Zach's favorite team, Texas A&M. They let oh. him down last week. Zach, you have to start. Can A&M so get it back oh. going? Like they oh. looked a oh. through a quarter oh. and a half. They looked oh. like they might uh, be doing something. Yeah. Do you know what? I I thought Jimbo and the squad last week had a chance, but obviously they didn't. I'm going to go back to my reasoning last week. Jimbo Fisher was paid a ton of money by Texas A&M to come in and win some big games and make a difference with Texas A&M and the SEC. He has not won that big game yet. He got completely embarrassed last week. I think they did find some things, right, within that game. Like you said, the first quarter and a half, they, they were hanging with those boys, right? Then the pick six happened and the floodgates opened. I think Texas A&M at home knocks off Florida. Florida is that team that we talked about. They got the hype, right? They're Michigan of the SEC, right? They're the team that has the hype. Yes, they've, they've, they've looked good this year. Jimbo Fisher, Texas A&M, pulling the upset. Man, I just like the fact that I'm going to be two and over to you on this, at least a couple of picks, because that's an awful pick. <laughs> and and we're, again, we're not talking about winning the game. We're just talking about the points. I will give Texas A&M six points all day versus Trask and Florida. Sign me up. Yeah. No way. I'll take my sock. Man. It's on. Okay. So I used to take go. his rat hole money. I'm going to take my rat hole money that my wife's hopefully not listening to that I normally spend at Vance Outdoors or yeah. Shoe Point Blank, and you're I'll gonna, put my softer in dollars on that game for sure. You're going to double it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Florida, and here's why. Kyle Trask. Like, Kellen Mond, I like. I think he's a good quarterback. I don't know if he's great. Kyle Trask, I've watched him since he took over for Felipe Franks. When they benched him, or he got hurt, and then they kind of benched him after that. And the week zero loss against Miami or last year, it was, it was, maybe they, they won, but it was an ugly game. Right. If you look at how good Kyle Trask, he has evolved. He throws the ball much better. I, I kind of equate him a little bit to Josh Allen, who I was not high on coming into the NFL. Didn't think he was ever going to develop. He's shown me that he can pass the ball. Kyle Trask can pass the ball. They have really good talent around him. Dan Mullins is a heck of a coach. Jimbo Fisher... When he left Florida State, man, that place was in ruins. I don't know if he's done a lot at Texas A&M. They've recruited okay. I think he's in a little bit over his head. They paid him $75 million. He's not going anywhere. But I know Dan Mullins is a heck of a football coach. I think Florida gets it done, and I think they get it done by more than a touchdown. Bobby, any, you should have known better with Josh Allen. He's a Wyoming boy. Like any product of that, that fine academic institution – 
Dude, listen, you can't talk crap about Wyoming until you've been to Frontier Days, which I have. It's what? Unbelievable. You think I'm it's talking crap largest. about my alma mater? Are Wyoming. you from there? Yes, he's from Wyoming. I'm born in I'm Wyoming. I'm trying to get That's Bobby straightened out. I didn't know, man. Boy, Jeez. from no, Wyoming. You know what? That, that was so unassuming just by your, your, your body presence. I thought, it, you know, you'd be wearing more cowboy boots. And all I see no, you in is he's Wyoming. Well, I'm Brent. out of Wyoming. I now live in and so in now sunny so Columbus, Ohio. What you're, basically, what you're saying is you're assimilating to the Midwest culture when deep down you should be rocking cowboy boots and belt buckles. There are plenty of pictures. Slate, you're wearing slippers tonight. I did that because I'm I'm trying to be <laughs> metrosexual like you. Go Pokes. Anyway, <laughs> Mike, I'm going with Florida. I, for me, it's a no-brainer. Their defense has been solid for the past four or five years, and all they've been doing is missing a quarterback. And once Kyle Trask stepped in and has been really showing up and growing, then I, I think they're a pretty complete team, you know. And I don't think – I'm not particularly impressed with Texas A&M, so I don't think they're going to knock them off. All right, Aggies, let's go, baby. Yeah. Man, you're going to be bad. You're I, think, <laughs> I think we're talking about coaches that need to be fired. Jimbo Fisher, I think Texas A&M would still owe him $51 million. Oh, that's that's, like, that's not a lot. Happen. So yeah, sunk cost right there, buddy. Mm-hmm. Florida – Florida's going to cover the six. Is this line right? Tennessee getting 14 and a half yeah. between the hedges against Georgia? I don't know. I that is a it. lot of points. Did you watch the Auburn game last weekend? Yeah. No. Hey, hey, hey Bob, I, Bob, don't worry. These guys picked Auburn. I picked Georgia last week. I watched it. I, I, picked, I, Auburn. I picked Auburn. I'll openly admit uh, it. I thought, well, they were, I thought they were playing well. I picked well. Auburn with the points. Go dogs. Anyways. I, I Looking <laughs> at this game, after watching Georgia play last week, gosh, two touchdowns is enticing. That's enticing. If you're going to give me all that, I mm, this is tough. I, decision. Making a decision. Really should have gone last. You know what? He no, should have went last. I like to go first. The early bird gets the worm, but the second <laughs> mouse gets the cheese. I will. Uh, I'm going to. You know what? I'm going to lay the points. I'm going to take the Bulldogs. This looks like a 17, 17 point game to me. Boy. Yeah, it's at, it's at Georgia. They're going to run the football. My biggest concern last week in the Auburn game was we never we didn't know about Stetson. Yeah, not the hat, but the quarterback. <laughs> and he, he played pretty well. And they were able to run the football. And, you know, Auburn had Bo, Mick, or, uh, Bo Nix, and they normally play really great defense. They couldn't stop the run to save their life. They can definitely do that against ten- Tennessee. Tennessee's known for really good athletic guys that kind of play undisciplined all over the place. Well, guess what? The great equalizer for that is running the football, and Georgia's going to do that. They, I'll, I'll take Georgia with the points. We might actually agree on something, okay, yeah. I tell you what, I'm going to go back to my reasoning last week. Kirby Smart has those boys playing. That defense was unbelievable last last week. You saw the student section with the black shoulder pads uh, and the spikes. Yeah. I've been down there between the hedges, man. It was so no much mask. fun. Hey, there was no mask when I was down there a couple yeah. years ago. But I'm going to go back to my reasoning. I went to 90s bar down there in Athens, Georgia, the greatest night of my life, hanging out with Southern women. Bulldogs win by 28. And here's the deal. Zach likes going down there because he gets older and they stay the same age. That's why. Go Bucks. Go Dogs. Go Dogs. What what can you do after that? I don't know. Yeah, I'm just just bear with me. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to choose Georgia. I'm a little hesitant about it. I do think Tennessee once a year pulls out a win over a a team that's better than them. And I think it's possible, but I, I don't see Georgia losing two big games back to back. I just... The mental aspect of it, I don't. I think they're going to be ready to go. Tennessee's not going to sneak up on them and have an upset, and they're going to be able to cover the spread. I before I move to Columbus, to, we're just going to do my full rundown for anyone yeah. who doesn't know. Yeah, Wyoming. I didn't know that you were from Wyoming. I'm, I'm I got just, significantly no, more respect you. for you now. We've only been working <laughs> together now for a year. I do. So. I, I didn't know that. I didn't Jackson know your backstory. Hall. We'll talk about it anyway. Have you been to Cheyenne Frontier Days? Of course, I've been to Frontier Days. It's Are so you kidding good. me? I just making sure. Have you Have you been to CNFR? College National Finals Rodeo in Casper, Wyoming? No, but I've been to that's Casper. How, all right, well. I love, I love Wyoming. You can drive 85 down there. That's right. They hey, have hey, beer, hey, beer bars. Hey, I watched a great rom-com this past weekend called Roped about a cowboy. Grew up in Wyoming. Netflix, <laughs> check it out. <laughs> I feel like I've been to Wyoming now. I've reached the point one, of the show where I've completely lost what's control. The next one? What's the next one, Austin? What's well, the next one? I was going to say, I've sisters. These are Those are the two most underachieving teams in the SEC. One of them has to win. Uh, but I don't think that Georgia's going to do it impressively. I'll actually take the balls, and I'll probably Ooh. regret it on Saturday. Uh, Lane bit. Kiffin trying yes. to be the first Nick Saban assistant to That's ever real. beat him in Alabama. The spread is 24. Mm. <laughs> There's no way that Lane Kiffin is going to beat Nick Saban, is there? <laughs> no, he's not going to beat him. But here's the question. Does Nick Saban want to try to pound him into submission? <laughs> I think that might be yes, but can he do it? Because Alabama started off slow last week. They didn't look great. And – Lane Kiffin had a, a lot of points. 
It is. It's a lot of points, but Alabama usually has the ability to score a ton of points. But I, you know what? I'm going to take the points in this. I'm going to take Old Miss to cover. I don't think it's going to be close. But if you told me the score was 42-21, that probably sounds about right. You get a garbage touchdown at the end. When you start getting spreads over three scores, it's really tough because you sub defenders in, and Lane doesn't want to get embarrassed, so he's going to try to throw some junk points on at the end. I've got to take the points in that, and I think Old Miss covers the 24. Yeah, uh, Old Miss gave up 51 and 41 to some, like, who would they play? Uh, Florida, which can score, and Kentucky. Kentucky. So I think Alabama's offense is good enough, and I think their defense is significantly better. And so I'm going to take the points and go with Alabama. Okay. Zach? All right, here we go. You ready? Buckle up. So, of course, Bob picked 42-21. It's 24. You picked spread of 21. That's the easy way out, right? <laughs> I am going. There's no easy I, way listen, out. I, listen, I am going Ole Miss. Lane Kiffin's going to come out firing. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Obviously, we know about the defense, but Lane Kiffin's going to dial some stuff up. It's at Ole Miss. You know Lane Kiffin has had this game circled. He wants this game, right? He's back in the SEC. He wants to go toe-to-toe with Kiffin. I'm not calling a full-blown oh, upset, oh, oh. but I am saying this game is going to be a lot closer than people think, and I think oh. it's going to be single digits. Oh. If Ole Miss does not pull the upset, it's going to be within single digits. And you better digits. go bet some dumpsters on this guy right now. You better. I mean, all I got to do dumpsters. is take the points at 24. I know. That's what I'm saying. So I you take agree. Ole Miss yeah, for sure. It. Go. Oh. I, think there's, a, I think there's a good argument for Ole Miss. Um, I, on the other hand, am going to take the safe bet in Alabama. Hmm. I think they're going to come out. I think they're going to play strong. Um, I'm not particularly impressed with Ole Miss. That 24-point cushion is that's pretty substantial. It's a lot. So it really is, you know, it wouldn't be surprising to see Ole Miss easily cover that. And But I, I think Alabama will end up running away with it. Yeah. I covered uh, Lane Kiffin against Nick Saban in 2009, Tennessee at Alabama. Oh. And there was n- no reason whatsoever that that Tennessee team should have been on the brink of upsetting the Crimson Tide. But if Terrence Cody didn't block a field goal, then Tennessee, they win. Lane Kiffin was going to have a win. That's when Mount Cody became Mount, Mount Cody. Cody. And there was a big deal. He yep. threw off his helmet. Mount Cody became Mount should, Cody. Should that have happened? Um, you know, I would have liked to have, you know, written about a big upset like that. And that's not going to happen for Ole Miss. But I think they will actually cover this because Lane, Lane has a way of junking games up. He covered against Urban Meyer down in the swamp that year as well. Oh, yeah. I think he's going to do that. That's your, that's your history lesson that's on Lane Kiffin at Tennessee bet, in he's all these How do you things? not? You got Ole Miss on here. How do we not have Mississippi State and Mike Leach? Well, because I don't care at all about Mike Leach. Mike so Leach is the best. He's a gem. I hate Mike Leach. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> the, the game that, like, here we go. This is the top ten matchup. Right, do this one. That's do why Mississippi one. State Let's is go. out here. Uh-huh. Go do this one. Mike Leach is a choke artist. That's all we need to worry about. Miami is getting 15 points at Clemson. Can Clemson actually get a close game in the ACC? Hold can up. Miami? Can Miami do it? Is Miami back? That's the question. <laughs> I didn't want to okay. do it. Somebody is else Miami back? We've asked this Texas back. Is USC back? Is Miami back? Yeah. Answer is no. <laughs> um, Clemson is loaded up. 15. You can get those garbage touchdowns at the end. They can literally, when you're like eight drinks deep at the end of the night, and you're like, no, as they, as they give up the, the random score with the third-team defense yeah. in there, and you get really <laughs> upset. I still or you think, like though. 15 cores lights deep. Yeah, even better. Yeah. Even better. The more the merrier is what I've always said. So, 15 points, it's a lot. I'm still going to lay those. If it got over 17, like 24, then I could maybe see it. But they, they don't want there to be any doubt. They're, they're trying to go back. They want to try to have the number one seed this year. Trevor Lawrence, they're going to leave him in for a while. I, I wouldn't be surprised that they score 35 points in the first half, for heaven's yeah. sake. Yeah. I agree. Easy. That's it? You no, agree? No, I, you know, I 100% agree because I, what have you seen from Miami? They, they try to compete. They have a lot of turnovers. And I like King, their transfer, but guess what? Trevor Lawrence, Etienne, I'm going to go with Clemson. They have a better defense. We know it. We know what they are. It's, honestly, it's always been a conversation between us and Alabama and Clemson. Like, Alabama and Clemson wouldn't lose the way that we've lost in the past. It just doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. They're definitely not going to do that here, and their players are just significantly better than Miami. I'm happy that Miami is starting to be relevant because we need somebody to compete well, against them on that. I mean, many, like – Starting to have some notoriety yeah. in it to get some recruits but to. The reality of this, like Clemson has two games this year: this game and Notre Dame. That's it. That's yeah. all I like, got. They're, they're not going to fall asleep on this. Thing. No. This is Miami for heaven's and sake. And that's why they want to blow them out as much as they possibly can. They do. I, you know, 
I think to me, you guys are acting like this is an easy decision. To me, with the Super points, easy. no, with the points, <laughs> I think this is the hardest game to pick all weekend. I really do. Oh. And, and the only reason why I say that, and you guys made a great Turn point on, no, you guys, made, well, you guys made a great point with Clemson has Miami and Notre Dame circled on their schedule, right? But you look last weekend night game against Virginia with Clemson did not look great. They did not – their offense was not firing all cylinders. I think they ended up giving up like 17 or 19 points to Virgin, to a terrible Virginia team, right? <laughs> when did they so, score those? Uh, what would you say? No, they, no it, it was – They're on the board. No, they were on the For board. For gambling purposes, listen, that's all that matters. Listen, they were on the board. I, yeah, I forget. What was the final? 29-17 or something like that, right? Clemson did not look great against a very bad Virginia team. So – I think it all depends on what Miami team shows up. You saw Miami week one look terrible. You've seen them week by week get better and look better. Uh, it's a hard one, but would you pick Clemson? Are you going to go? Are you going to say all that? There he is. Oh. I thought you were going to say all that only to take Clemson. Miami. We should have. That would have been Miami. amazing. Have been Miami plus alley. 15. Let's go, Ronald Jones. I'm watching right here. My running back on my Riker Automotive Fantasy team. Let's go. Zach, go Zach makes some good points. The yeah. only thing I would does. argue with you about is I don't think it depends on what Miami team shows up. It depends on what Clemson team shows up. I think if the right Clemson team shows up, they're putting 40-50 on Miami. And I think it would be pretty pretty straightforward, like Bob said, at 35 in the first half. And I just don't see Miami putting up 35 points on Clemson. Dude, you that's just, nuggets, that's like just what it is. How many times can Clemson come out and not do well in one season? They had it last weekend. Yep. It ain't happening this weekend. You know what I've seen from Clemson? The only area that concerns me, that secondary is still not very good. That's no. true. No, that's where Virginia got them last week. And so you know what that means? Derek King end. is going to He's good. win on Saturday. What? <laughs> my the U man. My is man. back <laughs> on oh Saturday. Goodness. Yes. That's amazing. Go Canes. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Go Canes. Is Will letting you drink in the office again? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I drinking like cold it. Coors Light I at Urban Meyer's it. Pint House. That yeah. means I mean, Coors Light's Light super refreshing. It's, it's cold as the Rockies, right? These it mountains is, are still so blue. Good. Right? Look at this. So Thank I'm going to have a few more of them because it has been a fantastic show. Weekend kickoff is brought to you by Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems. Cardale Jones, Anthony Schlegel, Zach Bourne, Bobby Carpenter, Michael Bennett. Appreciate them all coming to hang out with us. I am just Austin Ward. Thanks so much for coming out. We'll see you next week. Great job, buddy.